0: Lock the All right, let's do this. How are you? What the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fuck nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. WTF. Welcome to it. How's it going? How are you doing? What's happening? It is Memorial Day. I do want to uh, put my heart out there for people who uh, have lost people. In, in all fights. And I do again want to stress my gratitude to the people that had the courage to get vaccinated like fucking adults. That the idea right now, the people that had courage to take a hit for the herd and move forward believing in science and with the belief that we could somehow push this virus back, we did it. Those are the people that fought for our freedom this year. The people that got vaccinated not the belligerent babies who didn't get vaccinated for whatever reason. I mean, I do have some empathy and understanding for people who have health issues that didn't want to get vaccinated, but all those people that fought against the fight to stop the spread of the virus because of what they saw as the fight for their personal freedom can go fuck themselves on this Memorial Day. And again, I'm grateful for the people that just stepped up and did what was necessary to push back the virus so we could try to get back to some semblance of freedom and choice and an active way of life for everybody. Thank you. Thank you again. Today on the show, William Zabka. It happened. He plays Johnny Lawrence uh, in, the, in The Karate Kid. And I don't know that I ever saw The Karate Kid. I really don't have recollection of seeing that whole movie. But I was you know, flipping around during the plague, And uh, came upon Cobra Kai. And of course, I recognized him from back to school and other things. He held a place in my mind. But the way he was playing the old kind of washed up, kind of broken Johnny Lawrence was astounding to me. Like he got it so right so quickly that I assumed that had to be his life. I was just so impressed with the performance because it's very hard to do a broken, bitter man and that you have empathy for. Angry, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a character. And maybe it's because I relate on some level or that uh, I understand it on some level, though I don't think that I was the most empathetic character for, for a long time, but I just was so impressed with his acting that I really wanted to talk to him. And uh, we tried to get uh, get him on the show earlier this year, but he uh, got called back to set. So we waited until he was done shooting for the season and we got him. We got him this. uh, It is. It is a Zoom interview. Hopefully those will start uh, passing. It is. It's wild to be out in the world, man. I'll tell you, but he's here. Zabka is here. It's wild to be out doing the shows. You know, at the comedy store with the vaxxed crowds or the tested crowds with the masks. you know, just like randomly like there's a habit to putting on the mask. Do we put it on after? Do we do de- when we're talking? I don't know, man. I'm vaxxed. All vaxxed up. I'll get all the vaccines. I will do it. I'm trying to make things right. Is that the journey doing the right thing, making things right, fighting for justice, making things right we have no control over anything, really. Very little. How do you make things right? Is there a way to do it on a big scale? It's hard. Small scale? Yes, sometimes. Through action. Through uh, humility. Through uh, anger? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes we we'll have to look at it as a metaphor, don't we? Sometimes. Sometimes it's not about people. Sometimes it's just about making things right for you for you, right? Sometimes you can see things that happen to you as bad luck or uh, why me or fuck, you know? How, if you're stuck in that zone, how do you make things right? Well, you can't live in that. You don't want to live in victim mode. You don't want to kind of manifest it because you're stuck in it. You got to make things right sometimes. I about three fucking watermelons the other day? Three watermelons. What's that got to do with it? I'll tell you what's got to do with it. If any of you have been following me for a while, you know that I was pretty confident about my watermelon selection ability. I was pretty confident that I had it down. I was pretty confident that if I stuck my ear to the melon and knocked on it, that if it sounded hollow, if it sounded like a, like I'm knocking on the door of an empty closet, that was, the, that was the melon for me. If it had the nice yellowy, creamy yellow uh, uh, spot where it sat on the soil, that was the melon for me. I was, I was almost cocky. And my ability to choose watermelons. So watermelons are back. I went out and bought one. Cut it open. It sounded right. It knocked correctly. No good. Really thick rind. Sweet flesh. But the flesh was very kind of chewy. You don't want chewy watermelon that stinks. And I didn't want to take the hit. It wasn't that expensive. I didn't want to sit there and have an unpleasurable experience eating crappy watermelon. Though the sweetness was correct. It's not. I don't want chewy watermelon. Garbage mad. How, how was I deceived? Who deceived me? Is this a trick? Has God forsaken me? I go out, I buy another melon. I buy another fucking melon, a big melon, 25, 26 pounder. Knock it. Sounds good. Nice, creamy yellow spot. Get it home, cut it open. Too good. Too close. I got like a fucking 50 pound watermelon that needs to be eaten that day. Too much. Little mealy. Not perfect. Went out and bought a third melon. I'm I'm confident. I'm confident. I'm, I'm holding off on it. But I feel good about it. So I'm just going to believe right now. I'm going to have a few days of reprieve where I believe that I made things right. That sitting on my counter is the answer. Is the closure I'm looking for. That's hope. That third melon is hope. You hear me? I'll let you know how it goes. William Zabka is um, doing a great job in Cobra Kai. He's done, you know, some interesting he did an interesting short film a while ago. You all know him if you're of a certain age from his childhood roles as the bully kid. Cobra Kai is now streaming seasons one through three on Netflix. Season four will come out later this year, and since Emmy voting starts soon, make sure you check it out because Billy's performance is definitely worthy of a nomination. This is me and William Zabka talking. Very nice guy. Nothing like the character. God damn it. Is that your basement?
1: Yeah. Yeah, me give you a tour. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) look at that. That's nice. Yeah, it's a hangout spot. We got the happy hour in here.
0: Oh, wow. So this is yeah. for when when you have an argument with your wife, you can move into the basement
1: or not have an argument. This is just my I'm going to go downstairs and uh, <laughs> I, 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 I do sleep down here sometimes. But that's just to give her a because I, I stir a lot. So you sleep down yeah, there sometimes. So that's what it, is. it looks like a studio, but it's, you know, yeah. just, it's just, uh, you know, I, get it. some, I hate this new lighting thing. This new Zoom stuff is just I like the old days. I would rather be there in person. You know,
0: you sleep down there sometimes.
1: Yeah. There's a bedroom there, it's oh. nice, you know. Watch a movie, I don't want to wake her up. Oh, that's, oh, that's nice, that, yeah. How long have you lived out of LA? I just moved out, we moved out in um November. Um, the show we shoot in Atlanta, yeah. I have two little ones, I got 11 and a seven year old. And uh, you know, LA was just too, too, too tense, you know, for us. My brother's out here, my in laws are close by, so we decided to pull the trigger and come to a nice place peaceful setting
0: and and la like like all of a sudden it got too tense after what decades
1: well you know the last year was nutty man i had oh. i was more for my kids everything baseball was starting and you know we had to kill that we had to kill gymnastics you know all of a sudden they're just like my six-year-old was she you know she has two cognitive years of life and and one of them is with a mask on so coming here was a little more relaxed and uh, it's closer to family and uh yeah, I re- you know, I was the last one. I reluctantly pulled the trigger. My wife was on board with it and I said, Okay, I miss LA. I was just there. I just was there last weekend. It was good to be be home. You know, that'll always be home. To do press? Yeah, I did the um we did we presented at the MTV Awards and then um a lot of photo shoot stuff uh, for the show. And then uh the day after that I surprised my mom for her 80th birthday. Uh, me and my brother flew in. She had no idea we were coming and you know, she was in the house and we just walked in with balloons and blew yeah. and then, uh, that, that's good. great. Yeah. It was good stuff. And then I flew home. So I'm like, you know, it's been every day has been jam packed and then came home and now, now here it's good. You know, that's the ride.
0: Uh, it just, your mom lives here.
1: Oh no, they live in, they live near um, Lake Tahoe. So they're up at uh, grass Valley. Are you familiar with that? Your area? Folks are. Yeah. They're both around. My dad's 96. My mom just turned 80. My dad's a world war vet. Eight brothers. Um, two left and he's 96 years old and, and, and rocking man. I mean, you know, he's got, his age is showing, but he's, he's as sharp as a tack. His memory and his recall is, is insane. He 96. wrote a book of his life, like a couple, 96 years old. Yeah. I'll send you a picture of him. I mean, it's unbelievable. He's really, uh, he's inspiring, you know,
0: that's some ge- genetic, uh, blessing.
1: Yeah. Let's hope Let's <laughs> yeah, wow. it is. Yeah, yeah. So I I'll tell you honestly,
0: it, it was a weird thing. And I don't know when it happened. I don't know wh- how I got to Cobra Kai. I don't know like cuz I don't remember seeing the karate kid. I don't remember seeing it in my life. You know, I know it happened. I know there's elements of it. I know what the story is. I right. re- I recognize you from other things, but for some reason I just clicked on that thing without knowing anything about it before it got any real attention. And I was like, holy shit, this guy is really doing this thing. Like you, <laughs> like, I, I mean, you know, uh, everyone else is fine. And I'm glad that they found the guy who, uh, you know, the the evil guy, you, you know, your old teacher. I'm glad he was still yeah. around to do it. But I thought you were right. really doing this role. And to the point where I'm like, he's got, he's probably like this, this he's probably. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Things yeah. didn't work out for this guy. And this right, is like, right. he's finally getting a chance to just be himself.
1: But yeah, it's not yeah. true, is it? <laughs> no, he's so polar opposite of me. I mean, yeah, they, doing the coming into this was, uh, you know, they gave him nothing. They took away his, he has nothing. He's got a beer can. He doesn't even have a fish. Um, I know, but you're really yeah, acting. Would, yeah, you know what? I'll tell you what, how, how does it happen? I mean, it's, I, I remember the couple scenes I did at the beginning. My first scene in the show was with Ed Asner if you who took me to school just i've, just I've at, worked, I've, in, worked you know. I've
0: worked with him and it's 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 yeah you he's gonna he's, give it to you
1: oh yeah he he plays my estranged dad yeah. i met him two minutes ago and he goes uh we do a rehearsal and he calls me over and he says uh, hey how am i you know is there anything else i can give you i said no you're doing great i said you know how about you You do anything he goes oh f- go fuck yourself <laughs> I said, and I was like, he did it in character, and he rattled me, and he got me in this place, and I'm like, shit, is that are really saying? And then I'm like, no, he's doing his device, which he does all the time off camera, off screen, man. He's just constantly when you're when it's not on you. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just sat, I just sat in it. I know this guy. He's he's you know, there's elements of me in there for sure. I mean, that's how you do it, and it's about sitting in your belly and letting it happen and trust. You, you know it. this guy because. Yeah. They're around us. They're around us. Yes, they're <laughs> definitely around us. They're all around us. Yeah, oh, he's a prototype. I mean, you know, and, and the guys, it, it's, uh, you know, he's also he's also a working man. He's trying to make it. But I think, what,
0: like, what what got me was, like, you know, somehow or another, and I don't know if it's having, you know, historically, wherever I've got you in my brain from when I was younger, you know, that guy that you, used, you were known for playing – that this seemed like the reasonable evolution of this guy, just from going to, like, high school reunions. You know, there's yeah. there an element of, like, that guy on his best behavior can't hide that he's, like, fucking pissed off and he's right. beaten. Yeah. But you still yeah. feel bad for... I mean, you the thing wouldn't work if you weren't empathetic. Do you, right. you know, and I don't know. I think that just happens... You know, it's a testament to your acting, but I, I, I guess j- if you play that guy for real, you're going to feel sorry for him, but you got to ride a line because it's funny because that character was an asshole and he's yeah. still an asshole, but he's sad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, yeah, you know, there's something about there's a comfort of watching a guy that's struggling. You know, if he was on top of the world, if he was the guy that owned the dealership and he was in the suit, you know, right. he'd be a complete prick. So, right. You know, you give him a beer and, and give him a little old TV and some remotes that don't work. And, you know, uh, and he's suddenly empathetic and endearing, you know, um, with his old muscle car. Yeah, his old muscle car, all that stuff. You but know? when this um, happened,
0: man, when like when they said to you, we're going to do these again. I mean, I I mean, you seem to keep working at one thing or another. But what were you like? Are you kidding me for real? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. That was my instant. My instant thing. The guys, that, the, the creators, Josh Heald, who wrote Hot Tub Time Machine, he, he put, gave me a role in that in 2010. And then John Horowitz and Hayden Schlossberg, the other two creators, did Harold and Kumar. I knew those guys. Always in the back of my mind, wanted to work with them. The three of them email me out of the blue, say, hey, we have an idea for a movie or a show. We'd love to sit down and talk with you. My mind's going for Hot Tub Time Machine Part 5, right. like Harold and Kumar 6. You yeah. go to a little Mexican restaurant, and uh, they throw Cobra Kai at me. With, with the fact that they had Sony signed off on it, they had Overbrook, Weintraub's Estates. So they came with all the, I said, you can't just go and play with you know, IP from Sony. Like, you know? And they said, well, everybody signed off. I said, wow, what's next? They said, well, you, and then, then we have to go get Ralph. Um, so, but I was, I was in shock. I, you know It was like a girlfriend coming back and saying, I want to get back together. It's like, how close do I let this get to me? Because if it doesn't work out, you know, I've entertained that, and that would be a real big disappointment. So I held it very, very, very loosely, and all the way up to the point where we pitched it and it got made. I mean, uh, and then we did the end of season one. I remember the end of season one, sitting in a car, doing a little drive around with the with the camera car, and and making a video saying, "Well, you know, this may be it. This could be the end of the ride." So you know, hope you enjoyed the show. Um, and then it took it kind of took off. But uh,
0: so you 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 consciously just from experience. You're like i'm not gonna get too excited about
1: this right which we do as actors you know how many times you go on an audition you pour your heart you have to leave it on the mat you can't take it home you have to do your best leave it in the room and you somehow have to play a trick on your brain that that didn't just happen and then it has to come back and then it keeps kind of having to tap you on the shoulder surprising you and then you go oh really you're interested okay really oh it's gonna happen you know it's like yeah you you have to do that otherwise you know, you get your hopes up and you, you go there. I don't go there until the cameras are rolling. You know,
0: was that a lesson hard learned? I mean,
1: yeah. Oh, sure. (laughs) Right. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, many times, I mean, all the times I've left my heart in a room for a movie or a part it felt like, Oh man, that just rocked the world. And I'm going to get that. And then, you know, did you hear anything? No week goes by two weeks ago. All those, those are like mini heartbreaks the constantly. Worst. It's like over and over again. You're just constantly being rejected. And then the ones, that, the ones that I get, which are funny to me, are the ones where I just stunk up the room, where I just felt like, oh, that sucked. Yeah. And then I walked out and I'm like, should I walk back in and do it again? And like, again, ah, no, I lost it. It's not happening. Then they call back and say, they loved you. I don't know what you did. They said you stumbled on your lines, but they love you for the part. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason. So you could do as an artist, you just got to go in lay it on the table, and, uh, and then move on in your real life and your reality, because otherwise it takes over. At least it did for me, and uh, I didn't like that. So And especially with this character, with Johnny and Karate Kid, this, that, this thing has been 35 years of my – I've been in the wake of this for this long, and for this to come on me and not work out would have been probably, you know, super disappointing, you know, to entertain that.
0: Did you feel – like, I mean, have, have the, is, has there been a time in this bracket where y- did you feel like you were done or do you always feel like you're still in?
1: Yeah, wow. Wow. That's a great question. No, I never felt <laughs> like I was done. No, I never felt like I was done. Even when I was probably done, you know, I mean, <laughs> uh, you can't allow yourself to feel that way, but I don't ride I I don't ride on when, when uh, it's working or when it's not working, You kind of have to like, just know it and you kind of incubate it and you you know it's not here yet it's more like that was the thing for me like it's coming it's coming it's coming i tell my wife it's coming it's coming yeah i just had an instinct in that it's all i have man it's like you know they asked me what what would you do if you weren't doing this well i'd be writing producing or doing something because i was just it's in my my blood and my dna to do this
0: but did you grow you grew up in show business
1: yeah. My, I grew up, I was five years old. But the first time I went to NBC studios, my dad was the associate director of the tonight show Johnny Carson.
0: Here was, in LA, in New York. The, oh, the old one. So,
1: in the old one. Yeah. So I was born in this city. I lived in Long Island and my dad would take me to work when I was five years old. He was an Emmy award winning director of the doctor soap opera. And he met my mom. My mom was Johnny Carson's brother's assistant on the tonight show, which is where they met, fell in love, got married. And, you know, and so I would go to uh, NBC with my dad and walk around the sets and, be in control rooms. Was he buddies with Johnny? Oh yeah. He was on the tonight show. My dad, he actually, he was, he was also a composer. He, my dad wrote a lot of theme songs for television. Really? So he got like to go on. The, yeah. Oh gosh. Searching wind. I don't know. Midnight Four. I don't know. Old stuff, you know, back in the sixties and <laughs> yeah. those days, I don't even know what they are, but yeah. he wrote a theme song. He wrote a, he had a whole themes album and Johnny gave him a spot to come on and he got to, you know, play his piano and conduct the the whole orchestra there. And, so, yeah, so I grew up in that and then we moved, we transported from New York when I was 10. He went to NBC LA.
0: With The Tonight Show?
1: Not with The Tonight Show. He was a staff director at New York and NBC and he got transferred to California. So we pulled the roots up when I was 10 years old and then ended up in LA. And uh, and then he soon after, for whatever reason, left NBC and it became a, a UPM first AD for tons of things, a love boat and worked with Clint Eastwood and he did all that. So I was Chuck Norris when I was a kid. So I grew up around it. And, um, my dad well, and he was, he's going to be listening. So I'm gonna say, Hey pop. But, uh, the first thing I ever acted in was a documentary that he directed and he wrote this, uh, the song for it called, and they were five. And we shot it in my backyard in New York with all my little neighbor buddies and it's a, it's a, about five best friends that grew up and ended up going to war inevitably to Vietnam and didn't come home. Oh, my God. And so I played one of the five kids. And it's this really kind of dramatic thing in the backyard with us going down slides and pulling a little helicopter that goes in the air. And then that helicopter transports into a documentary of Vietnam. And it was a beautiful thing. But That was wow. my first time. Yeah. So my dad directed me in my first thing. And I remember being five years old and looking at my dad in the corner of my eye up on the roof with the camera cp just shooting down at me and it just i i know it sounds crazy but i was that little and i'm thinking i'm gonna do that someday i'm gonna that looks fun maybe (laughs) that's all i know you know maybe maybe he's a truck driver i'd be like i'd be driving (laughs) no No, i (laughs) mean it's it's exciting yeah it was it was great and then i got into commercials when i was 10
0: so you were like a a a bonafide kind of child actor you were going out for all these things no
1: But it was it was a hobby, though. It was like, you know, my I played baseball, football. So it was a hobby
0: initially. But until you until I guess the karate kid was the break or you did TV. Yes. Yeah,
1: you... no, I didn't. I didn't do anything. I did one episode of the Grace American hero in high school. And that was like one line. Um, but I think my attitude to it, my dad always told me, like, when I when we first got into tele- commercials when I was 10, I asked him if we had enough money to be on TV. And he goes, what do you mean? They pay you to be on TV. I'm like, wait, they pay you to be on television? So let's do it. You know, so went out on a bunch of commercials and then come home bummed if I didn't get one. And he said, listen, if you're going to take it seriously and you're going to get sad, if you don't get it, I'm going to pull you out and go play football. And I said, OK, so my attitude always was to to do it as a hobby, to hold it loosely. That's been my attitude since day one. And it's still, in a, in a sense, my attitude towards it. I hold it loose.
0: Did you, you have siblings? I do. I have a sister and a brother.
1: Are they in the game? They no. We all started together in commercials, but uh, they moved in different directions. Yeah. Oh yeah. My, yeah, my brother became a musician and a songwriter, and my sister married a great guy and became a teacher and 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 a family man, family woman. Wow. My dad was music and film. My brother went in the music way. I went in the film way. I was in film school after high school. I graduated high school, went to film school.
0: Well, when did you go? When you were a kid, like did were did you go to acting classes?
1: No, I didn't go to acting classes. I went to a few in my life. Um, not that I don't need them or couldn't have used no, I, them. I
0: like, I've talked to guys who like in women and men who, who like it's weird when they're successful at acting and they didn't train. I can't remember who the last guy was. I just talked to somebody that was like that. He's like, no, you know what? I, I never went. Never went.
1: Yeah, but that's right. I, I never did go. But I'm, I my training was working. I was thrown into it like Karate Kid was a great example. It was my first movie out of nowhere. I get this part, a big part in a film. I remember auditioning and doing one scene in the movie, but then they gave me the part and I said, wow, now I have to do this whole character, and do the whole movie. And I was really green. And I remember walking with Pat Morita in the back lot of Columbia and saying, hey, it's my first movie. If you have any insights or if you see anything I could do different, please let me know. And he did and he would. And then uh, then I got more 80 kind of teen comedy type things. And then I worked on the equalizer with Edward Woodward. And that to me was like acting school. Cause I worked with Robert Mitchum and Shirley Knight. And Really? But, How you old know, you? I was like 19, 20, 21. And those are just fantastic. Like classic Shirley Knight, Thespians. Yeah. Shirley Knight was my mom on the show. Yeah.
0: And Robert Mitchum,
1: so, Robert Mitchum. Yeah. Cause yeah, he came in Robert Mitchum, Robert Lansing. It was a great cast. And the guest cast on that was incredible. It was all New York. Keith Sarabica, um, was a great actor. Um, Dennis Spokaneiros, who's on a lot of stuff.
0: So you're just able to sort of like watch these people.
1: Well, and working with them. I mean, yeah. that really turned into the acting class it was just the, to work with them. And you got to rise to this level and you kind of watch and see how they're handling the material and the pauses yeah. that they take and the time they take. Like Asner just lets so much dead air. He'll just, he'll just let air. I, I know
0: he played, he played my dad in a pilot and it's like, you know, and he's scary.
1: He's <laughs> like and what a sweet man. Yeah. He's scary. But what a sweet man and he he's such I mean he really is I mean that genius in a way. I mean he he would when it's my turn and he's he's off camera. He'll he'll screw his own lines up to throw me to get something on my face. Then he'll say the line to me once and now I'm supposed to be in some rhythm like we're doing this back and forth but he'll stop and he'll throw me five curveballs of the same line to get different reactions out of me because he knows they're going to put it together in editing. Yeah. And when it's on him, he's doing that. He's even doing more of that. He just he'll go all over the map. He'll hit his he hits his uh, his lines, but he'll go all over the map and give all kinds of color. Yeah. And so you, le- you learn from that, you learn how to be giving to to the to the actors that you're acting with off camera. How important that is that you're feeding them and serving them.
0: So when you when you when you did the the karate kid the original one like i i mean I, I and you did in back to school you played an asshole too right yeah
1: uh, oh, the, yeah, yeah the sure. diver he's a diving guy right yeah that was like if i had to do anything again today any project <laughs> it would be back to school again it was the best time the movie was exactly what it was like off camera we had a ball really um yeah Chaz oh yeah it was a party you know it yeah. was like we we all walked around in the frat houses in town and went to the comedy store and watched, uh, you know, Ronnie and Sam Kinnison in the day. And yeah. it was a lot of fun. It was a good fun set. Um, but yeah, I played a, I played a douche in that he was the third one. That was the one where I did back to school. I did karate kid. Then I did a movie called just one of the guys where I played another prick who was kind of unredeemable. And then they offered me back to school. What about and national I'm lampoon?
0: The, I'm trying to remember
1: national. Yeah. Lampoon. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I did. I did European vacation. With,
0: uh, Were you a dick in that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 we're a total prick hey man if the shoe fits yeah <laughs> but you yeah. did but, but back to school was that was fun that was fun and that was one where i was on the set of the equalizer when that came in and i remember asking edward woodward his opinion because i'm like this is to be the third third dick i'm playing you know I didn't say that word but i'm like you know the third villain in a movie what do you think and he said well there's three reasons you take a movie There's one it's the money two. it's the people you're working with or three, the parts so great that you do it for free and you want to do it. So if it's one of those three, you can pick it. And at that point it was one or two. And I said, okay, so it's not so much the role, but then I approached that role going, I don't want to be the Dick. I want to be the hard Johnny or the Dick table presser in the other movie. So I made him the cowardly lion. So he grew my hair long and he was this, he was all bark and no bite at the end of the movie. He gets a cramp and pusses out. And I tried to make him more comedic. I knew it was the comedy which worked for about half of the movie until Alan Metter, who was directing it, literally pulled me into his trailer and said, Hey man, you're reading too funny. And and where's the Johnny from Karate Kid? I'm like, yeah, he's in the Karate Kid, dude. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do something different. <laughs> so, you know, I tried to have fun with him. I love, I love Chaz Osborne, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was fun to play. I didn't know I was going to be, that's where it was, you know, that's what I'd be mostly known for when you're doing them. You're just, you're happy to be working. It's a lot of fun. You know, right. you don't see 10, 10, 20 years down the line and what that's gonna be in the it's, canon.
0: And it's still hanging over you.
1: Yeah, but in a good way. But and, what, and now you're back. Now I'm back. You know what? And it's really sweet. You know, it's really sweet to be able to be a three-dimensional character as an anti-hero who's got some mud slung on him and uh fighting his way out. Well, you I mean, know, it's kind it.
0: of it's kind of funny that you know you were seen as this guy for all this time, and then because it's so uh appropriately aged and you know and it's it's almost like you finally get a chance to redeem yourself
1: that's very much that it's that's right That's very much true and you know listen i always said to myself i I, you know because johnny and karate kid is just constantly growing it's just it's always in my peripheral it's like the only way that i'm ever really going to get out of the shadow of this guy is if i can somehow go through the eye of the needle and play him again like i always felt like i'm going to need to go through him (laughs) and turn him inside out and, and, and to have the opportunity to get to do that and show all the dimensions and all that stuff with 35 years of life and experience behind me, it's, it's a blessing, man. It's like, it's came out of the clouds and. Yeah, but, like, but wait a minute. You, yeah, you, here you, it is. you always were thinking about it. No, no, Well, no, it was in the back of my mind though. Thinking, really? I know, mean, it really was yeah. like,
0: you know, that, like that was stuck in your crawl. Like, man, that guy, I had to be that guy. You know, I walk around the world and people still <laughs> see me
1: as that guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, it was subconscious, it was so deep, like yeah, a little yeah. voice way right. back sure, there, sure. you know, like, yeah. I mean, while I wasn't like focusing on this has to happen to make my, my life right. But it was, you weren't you know, doing was- like, you weren't doing like <laughs>
0: YouTube videos as Johnny
1: you know, well, aging. No, but I actually did actually, funny enough, what opened this up is this music video I did called sweep the leg in 2008. This band wrote a song called sweep the leg. You should check it out. It's pretty funny. And uh, they came to me and want me to be in this video. I said, the only way is if you let me write it, direct it and I can bring the cast in. And I kind of was the first time I stepped into the karate kid world again and threw it out there and had a big, did a big spoof on myself. And the feedback came in and it was like, wow, there's all these fans and Cobra Kai's out there. And that's was a seed for me of like, there's more. That was when I was thinking, okay, how do we do this? Well,
0: there's a whole generation of, of kids that like, it was a defining movie. I mean, that whole wax on, wax off thing was like
1: everywhere. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sweep the leg, get him a body bag. All that starts becoming part of the American lexicon. Right. It's like everybody. Yeah.
0: And you were suspended. You were like suspended in the amber of pop culture as this asshole. (laughs) That's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was the guy that took the crane kick to the face. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah, I'm that guy, you know. Oh, That's but right. man,
0: I tell you, it's such a, it's such a good, it's such a sweet redemption, you know what I Because mean? he just, because it's funny because this character uh, from the very get-go is just taking hits in the face from, from oh, yeah. life. You know, he doesn't even know yeah. what a computer is, barely. It's just every turn, yeah. at every turn, he's getting like humbled.
1: That's fun to play and it's painful to play that too, you know, there's this, is you it, know. It is painful, you know, because you, you're, you're embodying this thing. I have yeah. to shave out like ni- 98% of who I really am to play this character. I get to get into this really tight suit to play him and to shrink my head and to think this way. And all that's uncomfortable. Yeah. And, um, you know, I like to live it as much as I can. I mean, I really do go through a process of living the, the emotion of this thing uh, when we're shooting the seasons. And, and then I have to decompress and, and, uh, and come back to life.
0: I didn't. I didn't realize that you know you you actually did sort of one way or the other. Were there were three of these things? I guess in the third Karate Kid, you were. It wasn't. You were just. It says archive footage. Whatever that means.
1: Yeah, it wasn't in three and two. I was only in the first five minutes, so they can choke me out of the franchise.
0: <laughs> why did why that happen?
1: <laughs> well, that was the ending of the original Karate Kid. Is uh, after the crane kick, we go to the parking lot and Chris chokes me out, and Miyagi saves me and that's that was the original ending as scripted for karate kid yeah but we never shot it because they knew they didn't need it in in that film and they said they'll open up karate kid 2 with that so the ending of karate kid 1 became the first five minutes of karate kid 2 right and that was and i got literally choked out in a parking lot and dropped out of frame and out of the franchise
0: and that was that that but you did did you not want to be in the franchise anymore, or was that someone else's no, decision? No, I, I,
1: I would have been happy to be. I was, uh, you know, I was just, yeah, I would have to be. credit Kid Three. John Avildsen called me and admitted he wanted to see me. He was doing, he was doing some post production on one of his films, and I went in and saw him and kind of looked at me. He's like, "We're trying to figure out credit Kid 3 and that almost happened. Yeah. You know, because, but hey, it was fine. I, I, I'm happy with one, and it could have just been that, and that's all, you know. So,
0: like for the rest of it, though, it it seems like there was some shows that kind of, you know, used you as the, to parody yourself, but then there was a lot of different little roles here and there in all these different kind of movies. Do you feel like after like back to school that, y- you know, were you happy <laughs> with what you were doing the whole time?
1: Yeah, I, I was happy in Equalizer. Equalizer was going to go another season, but then our, uh, Edward got sick and we had to cancel. It was kind of a premature cancellation and yeah there- they were grooming my character to possibly do more. And that could have been something. Yeah. After back to school and I did a movie no one ever saw called the tiger's Tale, which is one of my favorite movies, but it just didn't get good release with Anne Margaret, Tommy Howell and Kelly Preston and wow. and Wedgworth, Charles Durning. Great, great, great cast. And I played, it was the first movie out of after that sequence of, of bad guys where I played a, a different type of role, country football player. And um, I had high hopes for that to, to, to present myself in a new way and be, Oh, he's, you know, I gained yeah. two fifty 50 pounds of muscle or whatever, you know, 50 pounds, 205 pounds after being one eighty-five for karate kid. And yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that would be something, but yeah, I didn't, uh, but I didn't really look, I didn't look at it. I got to a point where I, I always want to do like, my thing is if you're not loving it, don't do it. My dad always said, you know, find something you love to do and never work a day in your life. And there was a moment, and I don't remember where exactly, but I remember being on set saying, "This is becoming work, and I'm not having fun." And I don't know when that was because up, up to that point, it was just a novelty; it was just a great ride. But there was one point where I'm thinking, "I'm doing this now because I kind of have to because it's because it's happened to me." And I sort of uh, I went to music school and I studied the guitar.
0: You don't remember the you don't remember when that happened. You don't remember what role you were what you were looking at. Be, uh, <laughs>
1: I was sitting on a, it, it, I don't know where it was, man. I wish I did. I think it was, it might've been the equalizer in the last season, somewhere where I just remember sitting in my chair, waiting for things to happen. And I was, and I was an- antsy and I was like, ah, I want to do something else. I, yeah. uh, I just, for some reason it was like, and then, um, yeah. You went so, to music uh, school? I did. Yeah. I played guitar and went to Dick Grove school of music and got a degree in guitar music. And how long do you study
0: guitar? How long did, how do you do um, that? It was a, just specifically a guitar school?
1: Yeah, it was a music school. All all music. School. Two I years was playing guitarist. Uh, yeah, two years. Yeah. And I did that. I played guitar since I was ten. That was my my instrument. My brother played piano. I played guitar. I played a lot of bands stuff, but it was all never for a career. I never wanted to be like. Yeah, me too. I'm the
0: same way. I, I played yeah, guitar since I was a kid. So when you went to music yeah. school, what like what did did you learn how to finger pick and stuff?
1: Finger pick with your right with your right hand. You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like finger picking. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do I do my own thing. I start I, I I pick with two fingers. I don't yeah. pick with all my fingers. Two. Somehow I learned with my two. Yeah. Almost that's... like my three fingers are cut off. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's the thing. Two fingers is okay.
1: Two fingers. Yeah, and I'm good on that. I play, you know, all the all that stuff. Yeah. Yes, and landslide. Yeah. So I do that. I love that's my that's that's like my my passion. I just did that for fun. Played in a couple fun bands. This one band called the Acoustic Outlaws. It was just four of us we were acoustic harmony you know, four guitars and four of us and we'd go do these pumpkin festivals and stuff and sit on these big haystacks and big speakers and play like old black water and listen to the music oh and, yeah uh, yeah yeah i do that. played a lot of little bars and things like that just for fun never was never like i want to do this for real it Was just like i just love it so i still
0: do yeah probably would have. it probably would have ruined it if they you had to do it for real <laughs>
1: yeah you're, i think so it, you think you would have it yeah. it
0: would have been a quicker journey to that moment you had on set when you're <laughs> exactly. on a hay bale yeah. doing a doobie yeah. brothers song you're like i don't know that's
1: exactly right yeah. but that moment by the way that that moment of like hey this isn't fun anymore i'm not feeling it what you know it wasn't sustained it was just like it was it's kind of informed me that th- there's more to me right now i want to go explore and i did well, what that did, and when then, did
0: you get married and stuff when did you get all that I, done
1: well, that's tw- that's uh, 12 years ago, but I dated her for nine years on- before that. So we've been together for a minute,
0: 21 years, Um couple kids.
1: Yeah, it's it's the best. It's the best, man.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it's nice that like in the and her family's nearby. And so you got grandparents nearby.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. I mean, it's 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 the best thing. I mean, when I'm not doing this you know, professionally stuff. People say, what are you working on? I say, I'm producing two kids. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I'm writing, directing, editing these two, two lives and trying to get them on track and find their place in their voice. And that's actually something that has been recent as the show has blown up a little bit and they're getting more aware that what what I do and, uh, there's a little bit of, um, you know uh, them being my kid and in circles and being introduced as this is his dad as this guy right? oh yeah and, yeah uh, and and i you know my whole thing is to direct them to their autonomy and like this i want them to meet you guys and this is how we handle it this is daddy's job but yeah you know, the, we, we get to pop those bubbles and those illusions of what that is and like I did, I was, I, I saw behind the curtain when I was a kid, I was never impressed. I was never, I never came at Hollywood going, wow. I was like, I saw the, I saw the facades and the props and all that. And so sure. I take my kids with me now and they get to see how it works, the inner workings of it. And it's not such a big deal. It's show business. It's all an illusion, man. It's a magic trick. So they get to see that and they get to, to process it that way. And then I'm really d- diving into their, you know, who, what makes them special and, and feed them, you know, their gifts. You know, that's what it's about
0: it's interesting though to, that when you do see show business in in in, in a in a well-rounded person, when you see all of it the, yeah. the behind the thing the illusion the actual scene behind the scenes makes it even more trippy yeah. right cuz then you can really see that it's the magic it's it's sort of like ready here we go and action and bam you know like i can't imagine seeing carson back in the 70s yeah smoking those cigarettes everyone's smoking cigarettes everywhere
1: yeah that's right that's right
0: you know and, and him and those lights come up it's really exciting I when I do stand up like that moment where where you get to the venue just to check it out or you check out a set and you're like all right yeah. this is where it, that's the magical moment where like this is yeah. where it's gonna happen we're gonna yeah, do the yeah. thing here
1: yeah and it's always it's always for me it's always It's always not as intimidating when you're there, like when you're watching, you see the Oscars on TV or you see the Golden Globe, whatever you see, these big, even a set. And then on TV, it's this bigger than life thing. And then you get there and it actually gets into proportion and and perspective. And and it it feels totally different. Oh, yeah, because you're sitting there
0: next to bored people, you know, (laughs) waiting through commercial
1: breaks You know, wondering, exactly. can yeah. I go? Should
0: I go say hi to what's his name?
1: Nah, I better not go right. over there. yet. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's what's awesome about it too, man. It's like, I, I, you know, just. You it's 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 fun to to be on the inside of all that. And I mean, it's
0: also a business, though. It's interesting to really see it that way. I get mad when people don't see it that way. I get mad when yeah. people are condescending or attack Hollywood types. It's like, it's a fucking industry, man. This is like, That's you know, right. we're, there's a lot of people on a lot of levels doing a lot of hard work here. And you yeah. guys are just going to be dicks about celebrity culture. Shut yeah. up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Show biz, man. The business part of that is uh, you got to embrace that it's crazy you have to get that yeah yeah
0: has you have you shown have your kids seen the first karate
1: kid they haven't and and they're welcome (laughs) to it's just i never you know for for a minute there listen when they were little when mike my boy was was uh five or six yeah he found a picture of me uh, kicking daniel russo and the karate kid on my office floor and said you know what's this picture from did you fight that boy and i'm like well yeah it was fake it was pretend it was a movie he goes did you win And I'm like, well, no, I didn't, I didn't win. I go, but I won all the ones. So I wasn't really too ready to show my kids me being mean, kicking a guy's ass against a fence and then getting a crane kick at the end. But now they, they get it. They've been on set of Cobra Kai. They know Ralph, they know the cast. They're ready to see Karate Kid, but it's just, when we have movie night for whatever reason, you know, we can't find a movie, but they never suggest Karate Kid, not yet anyway. So, but they will, they kind of know it through osmosis. I think it's in their, I think it's in their blood. They intuitively know what happens Yeah. at the end of that and they don't really want to see that train wreck so they're kind of more <laughs> that's so funny that you gotta like your kid, have to speak.
0: You, you have to get your kid to understand that you're not a loser when he can't yeah. really when he's not really quite developed enough to quite oh, understand it. believe
1: me man oh yeah i mean and the language and the words that i get to say you know i'm telling not to say poop and not, you know this and that i mean the stuff they're they're learning from me on the show but it's great it's great you know so they've they watched this this kids show it, they haven't watched the show. No, but, they come but they've the been set. on set. Yeah, they've yeah. been on set. Yeah. And uh, I just did a the last season we just shot and I had a, you know, they're, they're both there listening in the headphones and I had some nice colorful words to say. And I had to come off and say, hey, you know, just because Johnny <laughs> says that doesn't mean we get to say that at our dinner table. you know. <laughs>
0: what's, the, what's the guy's name who plays uh, the, the, the big villain, your old teacher? Martin Cove
1: Sensei Creed. So, like, what?
0: what, Now, did they have to find that guy somewhere,
1: or like his?
0: (laughs) You know, like, what have those guys been doing? Like, you haven't been in touch with Ralph, have you?
1: Over the years, I well, only in the last uh, maybe since two thousand and eight, Pat Marita passed away. We reconnected at his service, and then we kind of became friendly again, and we would do a bunch of comic cons. So, over the last ten years or so. We've been doing a lot of stuff traveling together. Comic cons, so because
0: so of of the original Karate Kid following. What would you?
1: Uh, do? Yeah, yeah, sure. Or back to school. You know, they just wow. bring you into these places. Yeah, and you get to meet the fans, and it's cool. And then you do these panels. I'm sure you've done these panels, right? No, I, you don't, I
0: don't. Those? I don't have a nerd following. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah, well, there. I but I haven't yeah. done. I've never done a con of any kind.
1: Okay. Yeah. Oh, you should be doing cons. Really? I'm surprised about that. Yeah, I'm totally surprised that.
0: I mean, there I might go. be able to do one because of Glow, but I, I don't know that anything <laughs> yeah. else I've done previous, I would. Oh, yeah. Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <can be> surprised. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're just yeah, telling yeah. me like, you know, all you got to do is tell your manager, they'll get you set up. You just have a booth and you. you...
1: <laughs> right. It's really strange. I don't know. They they kind of shut down this last year. It is. It is. a. It took me a minute to get comfortable with the idea of sitting there and, you know, it's a little. It's, it's a nostalgia it's, it's, trip, it's, right? It, yeah it's it, it's a it's a trip you know i love it now because you know up to that point i was the table that the dads would walk by with their kids and go they'd walk up and go i just want my kid to meet you you know this guy was the biggest asshole nice to meet. they walk away you know that was the thing now i got people coming up going uh hey i i love you on the show yeah yeah johnny's cool now and you know somehow he's cool or something right
0: that's so funny yeah don't be this guy you don't want to become this guy
1: no 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 you don't want to be this guy oh man yeah. So, but uh, yeah, so we did that. We were friends, but Martin Cove. Yeah. They, he, he was with an earshot. In fact, you know, I was with him and Ralph at a comic con in Florida when, when they uh, YouTube and Sony called and said, we we got a season. It's for sure it's happening. And um, only Ralph and I knew at that moment, Marty didn't know about it. He wasn't in the pitch meetings and I had to break to him outside this bar. It was raining at night and uh, he's about to go to his room. I'm like, Hey, I got to tell you about uh, something that's going on right now. And it's, called cobra kai and he's like well when do i come on when when's my part i go well they're gonna call you but i think it's like the end of episode 10 he's like why the end why can't i come in in the middle why can't i come in episode two have them call me you know yeah, yeah. have them call me so anyway they had his number they met and uh they're the writers were smart on when to bring him in and and then and, they gave uh, him the said, whole, uh, that whole second season then he's uh he came in and stole the rug out from under johnny and took the dojo and yeah it's a blast man i love i love working with him he's great he's he's a he's a, he's a teddy bear you know
0: you know i watched the uh like the short film that you produced and co-wrote the in, oh wow and uh where was that in czechoslovakia you did that
1: we shot that yeah we shot that in prague and in in uh, poland yeah. I mean, yeah, like 2001. What,
0: so when you say you went to film school, so you were still working in film and you went to film school.
1: Yeah, I started it. The, the nutshell is I went to Cal State Northridge to, to be a film major and got cast and Karate Kid. And from that point, I jumped out of school because I was working and I was getting film school on this show uh, and movies and all that. I um, went back to UCLA, did some writing classes and went to music school. Um, so um, but my my film studies and you know, I studied um, with us like Vilmos Zygmunt, the great, the great cinematographer, yeah. you know, I would go to these they concentrated classes and learn about cameras and film stocks and lenses and things like that. So I went to make this short film in, in uh, Eastern Europe, in 2001. It's like three weeks after nine 11, my partner and I got on a plane and flew to flew to London. And we traveled eight countries looking for the elements of this, this movie, like, which is centers around a drawbridge. Um, and we, we ended Belgium, Bulgaria, Hungary, um, East, uh, but, but let me ask you
0: place. though, like, cause it's interesting, it's specific, yeah. it's, it's, it's sad, uh, it's heavy and it's a yeah. short film and it's yeah. like, w- how did you land on that project? Why that? I mean, you're, you know, you're who you yeah. are, you're doing show business, you're doing whatever <laughs> right. you're doing. And then this strange, yeah. almost uh, a, a short film with a foreign sensibility you know, in terms Mm -hmm. of how it looks and how it's written and how it's shot and why that one, why that story?
1: Yeah. You know, that story I heard as a kid, I remember hearing that story and it's actually a true story too, by the way, incidentally, a father at a a drawbridge and his son falls into gears and he sacrifices son for train for, for, a a train of passengers. So it's like an old My, tale or it's like- It's a- an old tale. What? Well, yeah. And I haven't been able to find that, like the newspaper article that says where and when this happened, but it's, it may be a fable, may have been true, but it was something that I heard. And at that moment in time in 2001, uh, with, with the shock of, all that uh you know my partner called up he said i just heard this story and i said hey i, m- I remember that story because i think it'd be a good time to tell something like you this remember about- that story <laughs> is
0: that like a, some sort of weird like was it something your dad told you is it is it an old check story like what is yeah, that no st-
1: i i i heard it at a camp an old check story no i heard it at a camp oh. years ago and uh, it stuck with me over the years. A sad yeah.
0: camp? Did you go to sad a, camp? Yeah,
1: it was like it was like a sad camp, but it was about, it, it, you know, it was about redemption, it was yeah. about hope, it was about, you know, there was a, something sacrificial about it and sure and helping people, laying something making down for a people sacrifice for the bigger making picture. a sacrifice for the bigger picture. Yeah. And at that moment it was something that, you know, I don't know. It wasn't even anything like on purpose. It was just like, hey, you want to go make this movie? And I thought, sure. And also I just kind of uprooted and moved out of LA. I was living in um, bouncing from Bulgaria to Hamburg and to Prague anyway, and I said, "Well, I'm in Eastern Europe. Why don't we try to look for it out here?" What do here? you mean?
0: He, what, what do you mean anyway? What were you doing? You went to Bulgaria? I
1: was doing a bunch of. I did. I did a bunch of before I got married. I did a bunch of indie films over in Bulgaria and and you know and had met many friends and was traveling. I lived in. In in Sofia, Bulgaria for a while. I'd really in Berlin. I'd stay in Berlin. Yeah, for a long time. For a couple of years, almost three.
0: So the, oh, so you were like in that weird indie film market. I think uh who was I mm-hmm. talking to? Like Charlie Sheen did a bunch of those kind of weird Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I was doing those, you know, I would get they'd get me over there and I'd with the bait of one movie and then they're like, Hey, we got four more if you want to stick around. I'm like, sure. So I had a blast, man. I enjoyed that. That was some good acting school, it's a good film school with that doing that. And then I got, you know, then I was bored of those. I would read those scripts and I would see the potential in these indie films. I'm like, these have potential to be actually good films. But yeah. Why are they cutting corners? Why does the CGI look like this? And I, then I got that other kind of thing in me going, this is, I'm bored. I want to do something that has integrity and I want to do something on film. And I want to do something that tells a story that means something. And I want it to be colored right. And I want it to have great acting. And uh, and then I was I was going to even be in the short film, but it became such a passion of mine that I, I said, I can't put myself on this canvas. I can't, yeah. I can't cross the line. I just want to be behind it. And we shot this on film in the old, we got the Airflex cameras and we had the film stock from Lord of the Rings shipped to us. Like Lord of the Rings was filming. We get their recans and we're filmed it in negative 11 degrees weather in Poland, freezing cold. We dealt with the Polish mafia. We have, it's a story, the, the biggest flood in a hundred years, knocked out all the bridges in Prague on our last day of shooting. Really? It's a great, it was a great adventure. Yeah. Yeah, we had to go back and do some reshoots. We uh, How we long shot... is
0: that film? It's like a 20-minute movie.
1: How long is Dang. the movie? Dude, it was th- <laughs> it's 33 minutes, and it <laughs> took us, uh, it was like the longest, the most epic short film of all time. Man. You know, <laughs> yeah, we that's... shot that thing. Uh, it, yeah, it took a while. What happened while. with the Polish mafia? Well, we didn't realize who we were dealing with. We had to get a um a 1930s, 40s steam train from Warsaw, Poland, to this place called Chechen Poland. And that's th- all through the oh my country. Oh, God, it's and so we like, were you're coming- like
0: you're like shooting
1: Fitzgeraldo. You're like, you know, it's, it's like- crazy. It was, yeah, like, exactly. Right. Yeah. We had, we, had, uh, we had a crew coming in from Prague meeting them. So we had we had a train coming from Warsaw, us coming from Prague, us going in through Berlin in the back door, and they came down to meet us. And so we went to go, we had to rent this steam train with like 10 train cars and a conductor. And they quoted us fifteen hundred bucks for the day with the train car and everything. We thought it was great. Then we go to uh, pick up the train, and I sent a guy up to go pick the train up. And he's like, "Hey, these guys are shaking me down. They didn't. They said they're not. They didn't say fifteen hundred a day. They said fifteen thousand dollars a day." So I'm like, "What? Fifteen grand a day for this train? I'm like, well, we got to pay it. I mean, our whole movie. <laughs> we're gonna have to figure something out in post. Pay them." And then uh, so they they did, and we ended up having like, whether it was the actual mafia or not, but we tipped off we had to tip off every bridge operator all the way from there to our bridge. And then they, the train shows up. And now we're at this bridge this 19 world war II bridge was the only one that wasn't destroyed in Poland during the war. And it was like manual. They had to crank it to go up up and down. It was negative, negative 11 freezing cold. And the bridge snaps and breaks and won't open and close anymore. So (laughs) we have our train parked off to the side and we had to wait two days, 15 grand, 15 grand, 50 grand for this train to get back on track. And then we controlled this bridge for 10 minutes on the hour. So the rest of the 50 minutes, real train cars are flying by. It was crazy. And then we didn't get our whole movie because we lost days and we had to go back. The bridge broke. We had to have an insurance battle with uh, this big insurance company. Alone. Oh, my
0: God. And you always the the plan was always to make a half hour movie.
1: It was just to be a little short, fun film. It took us that we went back in the summer. It was all green. And oh, my God, instead of winter. So yeah. that and, and it was crazy.
0: And you got an Oscar for it. Nomination, a nomination, because they probably heard the story. They're like these kids. They really,
1: (laughs) hey man, that's right. Yeah, they felt sorry for. Yeah, that's right. They went
0: all in, man. I mean, this is like four years in the making.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we did the tour, the festival tours. We opened at Sundance, and you know, we didn't get even get a mention, an honorable mention at Sundance. The one that won that, you know, we we thought, well, we put a lot of heart in this movie. Nothing's going to happen with it, and then then we started kicking up and all the rest of the festivals and somehow we ended up walking you should have made the you should have
0: made a feature about the making of your of your short film.
1: Oh, that would have been great. That would have been seen. <laughs> you would know you wouldn't have had to look it up then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds like the movie 15000 yeah. dollars a day. Oh my god. No, I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought I thought it looked great. I thought it was a good story. Yeah, you know, it didn't uh-huh. it wasn't uplifting to me.
1: No, but the ending is sort of right a little bit. I mean, it's not uplifting. No, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, you get it. Yeah. You get the sacrifice. No,
1: it's not. It. It's not uplifting. It's not uplifting. Yeah. But it is uh, thought provoking. That does the, stir you. And
0: did you feel a connection? I mean, do you have family from that region?
1: Yes, because I'm Czech. So my dad, my, my I come like, from Czech. I'm Czech. Czech? And, yeah, my my grandparents are from Moravia, which is between Prague and Bruno, which is uh, old Czechoslovakia.
0: And you knew them.
1: I didn't know them. I never met them. Uh, my, dad who came, my dad and mom came out on their anniversary. My dad, who had retired at that point when we were doing our reshoots, and I told him, invited him to watch the trains uh, go on the bridge. He ended up running the whole thing, got a walkie-talkie, <laughs> was making the trains go across. But we ended up taking a trip. It was funny, man. He was, I was like, my, my dad coming around the, the corner with the microphone. He knows what he's doing. He took over the whole thing. Uh, it was great. But uh, yeah, we went to Moravia, which is where my grandparents are from, this small little village, and um, yeah, learned a little bit of Czech. And so there was some, uh, you know, enough to, enough to start a conversation I couldn't finish.
0: And did you did you find <laughs> any family history there? Or is there f- in family graves or whatnot?
1: Uh, no, but ironically that a lot of the Zabkas were involved in helping build some of their first early steam trains. Really? So how interesting is that? So here I am doing a movie about a steam train, and a steam train operator. And there's pictures in these like museums of a lot of Zabkas who are helping build these steam trains. So
0: there was a, a big name in, in that area, huh? Zabka?
1: Yeah, it was it was like the, the Joneses, you know, here. But the, no uh, the kidding. Zabkas are very popular in, in Eastern Europe. Yeah. And where did your folks, both of your parents are Czech? My mom is German-French, so they were, she's from here. And um, yeah, and she was a dancer. She was a showgirl, actually. She, not in Broadway, but off-Broadway. She did a lot of stuff. So when I was a kid, I'd go and watch her in these musicals and Pirates of Penzance and all that. Oh, yeah? Um, when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. She's a very talented, good singer. Both my parents were actually good singers, and they made a little album together way back when. Ah. Oh. So, the Sunny and Cher you never heard of. <laughs>
0: and do, so. But your dad didn't grow up in Czechoslovakia, though. He grew up where?
1: He was born in uh Des Moines, I believe, oh, in Iowa. Uh, he, he grew up, yeah, and he and he moved. Uh, they lived on the south side of the tracks in Chicago, way back in the Depression days. My dad was born twenty four.
0: Like Chicago's, like kind of like I don't know. I, I for some reason I associate Czechs with like you know being stocky and tough.
1: <laughs> Is that <Yeah>. a generalization? <laughs> well, yeah, they are. They're tough. Yeah, they're tough. I mean, they're yeah. They would build things with their hands. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, Catch their own food, you know. Yeah, they're tough. Yeah, My, they're build all build their own motorcycles and cars. They're fixers, you know, really good handyman.
0: And, but when you did that movie, was like, was the plan? Were you trying to sort of move into directing? Were you trying to get on that side of it?
1: The funny thing was, we—if we, I really wanted to look at it that way as a career move, I would have shot it here. I would have cast people that you knew and sure to play that game. I really we want so yeah. I mean, I think I it was a artistic itch to go and to do that, but it wasn't to play to. Uh, you know, as a ticket here, right. it was more of like, I really want to sh- make this movie and we're going to do it outside of the box with no support and no, no, no names. You don't know anybody in that movie. You know, it's, sure. uh, we could have gone that route. So, yeah, but that's that's something I would definitely wanted to, it was, it felt amazing to, to be a, to be a filmmaker. Well, I, so I when you
0: got the movie. nomination, were you like, let's, I'm going to do this now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that I was, I was doing that and wrote some things we had a little, me and my partner had some things set up, didn't go through, and then I got into other stuff, you know, as they would have it, just didn't I didn't stay at it, I guess, in a way for a minute. I, I got pulled into other things, music videos, commercials, directing those types of things. Oh, you did some commercial and, directing? Yeah, I did some commercial stuff and, you like it? and big music videos for No, nah, not really. I don't I don't like doing the commercials so much, but I do like music videos. I like that.
0: Do they still do those?
1: Not the not the scale, uh, unless they're super superstar. But um, the ones I was doing were pretty decent budgets. They don't make them like that anymore. Yeah, Um, and I also like shooting on actual film. Now I'm a digital guy, but um, I just shot a movie on film.
0: Guy shot a movie on film.
1: On film, film. Yeah,
0: Yeah. he was shooting film, and it's it's different as an actor. You you know, and I'm not. I don't have that long. I don't have that many chops as an actor, and I haven't been on that many sets. But you know, you kind of got to make shit count. You can't just be like, can we just do another one right away? Oh yeah, no, no, no. Four takes, no, no, that's
1: it. Maybe that's right.
0: Yeah, and he shot a a feature in 19 days, dude, on film. I have no idea what he got, but I want to see it. He said I did a good job, but I haven't. It's crazy. Good,
1: did you? That's great. That's 19 days. Yeah, you can do it. Film's great. Why did he choose film? I wonder. Does he? Was he just old school? the
0: Same reason anyone does. It was his first feature, and he's like, I wanted to have that that feeling.
1: That yeah, uh, seventies, I guess. so. I guess it yeah, does. It does. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, I've, I've no idea. I have no idea. Like, I don't know how you guys do it really over and over again where, but I've talked to cats who, you know, go through periods. Oh, you know who it was? It might've been Steven Dorf, you know, where, you know, he knows who he is and he knows what he does. And sometimes like you're, you're as an actor, you're sort of like, all right, well, how much money is it? And for how long and where, and you don't. Yeah. You can't worry about what the fuck the movie is going to look like. I mean, it seemed like half the time it was sort of like, I don't know if this thing's even going to make it out of the yeah. camera.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, you know? yeah that's right that's right yeah as an actor though that you're yeah. saying he did that as an actor that's right. right yeah yeah there's something about that you know you want to know where you got to show up where you know what it, what's the day look like and when am i done and then there's a then there's behind the camera which is takes everything
0: right but like but what i'm saying is that there there is a level of acting sometimes that if you're given the opportunity you, you know you can still engage in the acting engage in the process but sort of know in your heart of hearts that like this this is not gonna this movie's not going anywhere.
1: Yeah. There's that feeling. You kind of have a feeling you kind of do. You do. Yeah, you do. You have a feeling like, all right, this is uh if it's happening on the set, there's an energy that's happening. It's like, if this is true, going to translate. There's, there's moments where, you know, you're on a turd. There's the moments where you think, you know, Hey, maybe, maybe it's a turd, but I did good or right. it's a good movie. Uh, Right, You know, one of those things. And and
0: sometimes you must walk away going like, I'm kind of happy that's not going to be seen by anybody. Yeah.
1: yeah, Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. (laughs) That that was great. That's right. That's right. You know, all the, all the, all the, all the things you can do, you just keep bettering your, your own craft, just keep doing it, doing it and seeing what works. I love that. I did a bunch of stuff that was obscure and nobody saw. I was on sci-fi, all these indie films, you know, um, because I got to really try stuff in there and it it was kind of a safe place because, you know, the world wasn't watching, you know, you learn those things and take them to the next thing. But those things also get you frustrated because you're watching compromises made. You're seeing rushed things, terribly composed yeah, shots, Yeah. you know, they're just, chop, they're just you, chopping
0: you, scenes. Yeah. Forget that shopping. One.
1: It it, yeah. You know what? I tell you what, man, post-production, you know, this editing, it's all in the cut too. At the it end, is really. You know? It's That's weird. The final thing is yeah. it gets into the, into their hands. So You know, and I'm an editor too. You know, I did a couple docs and I I cut these two big docs in Africa and I'll sit there and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very good editor actually. What were the docs about? um, Both one was on Uganda. It was these three kids that traveled to Uganda to go and change the world and it kicked their ass and they came home um, completely devastated by what they witnessed there. But then they set up an NGO and go back. And now they have wells and, and cab services and all that. Oh, and it was true. fascinating. We had the king, it was the queen, the, and then another one called uh, Never a Neverland about Swaziland, which is in the AIDS epidemic in Swaziland. Hmm. And that was something I was brought into late, where they had already shot a bunch of the stuff, and I came in and put that together and produced that. And I enjoy that equally as uh, as much as I do uh, doing a great scene acting or saying at cut. You know, I yeah. love telling the story, and the real power at the end of the day comes in the editor's hands, the mix, the timing, the cuts, the choices, the selects, all those things, man. And you're, if you're in good hands. So that's what also drew, I kind of drove into like, I have to do this because I'm frustrated. Um, I'm not getting spoiled. Like I was with karate kid with, the, you know, with John Abelson and, and, and the visionary and Jimmy Crave, the DP and all that and other people I've worked with. And um, so you, you start to get anxious to do it yourself and, 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 and that fulfills you. But that takes all of you. Yeah, it takes every. It's all your capacity, which I love. I also love showing up, not giving a crap what I look like, and not having, you know, just not having to be aware, not having to be on, you know, grow my face out, whatever, the hair sticking up, and you know, it's sitting behind a monitor, and I mean, there's you know, and composing. That's a, but composing that's an inter-
0: interesting, uh, like that's the truth about it, because like I, like these guys who make movies who I talk to, because I like do I like fairly immediate results, and I, I'm starting to enjoy. Uh, you know, seeing what I can do as an actor and, and starting to figure out what is compelling about it because there's so much fucking waiting. There's part of me that's sort of like, how is this a job? You know, and like, you know, I'm okay. waiting, I'm waiting all day to do this two minute thing. And, but like, I've started to appreciate it more. But when I talk to filmmakers, I mean, you better believe in what you're doing because it's going to eat up your life
1: from anywhere from life. yeah,
0: a year to five years to 10 years. Who the fuck knows? That's right.
1: That's right. It's a big, it's, you are having a baby for three years. Yeah. I mean, it is nonce that you are, it is, uh, every part. And even when you think you're resting, you're not resting because the back of your mind is putting something together. You're, you're troubleshooting, putting out a fire, creatively thinking of something when you're in charge of it, it's, it's all consuming, which is great to have partners. If you can have some good creative partners to help you to, to curb that. But, uh, yeah. So
0: did this re-energize you to start? I mean, are you thinking back in terms of of maybe uh, investing in, in directing or writing something.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm really pleasantly surprised with how much I'm enjoying acting right now. It's a sweet spot. I've got great writers, a great team, great co-stars, great kids. Great, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm I couldn't ask for anything more than this moment right now to completely soak up. And you up get my to ideas. redeem this guy. And I get, I get a slow, it's a slow burn, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, that's right. That's right. He's on a journey. It's like, so I, I couldn't enjoy acting anymore right now, and That's I great. would love if they, these moments can keep coming. I'll 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 be carrying. I'll be doing this, but sure, there's there are wheels back there going. You know, hey, you know, but I want it to be something I believe in. I want it to be to be work just to, to throw on top of work and busy to. Stay well, on you like the heavy stuff,
0: man. I mean, you know, it
1: seems. No, like- no, I like comedy better. That one was just when I had to get out of my system. <laughs> oh. I like I like I like I like light things. I like it's more uplifting, fun. Yeah, um, but I like drama too. Yeah, you know, um, we'll see. I mean, I just, I, I go kind of by my my gut, and when something hits me, like this story or this thing, I'll go that direction. All right. Um, yeah. So that's it, man.
0: Well, yeah, man. I, like, I'm I'm happy for you. I mean, I really was sort of like, I I really was uh, you know floored by you know your performance, and it was like, in, and yeah. in, in, you know right away, I was, I was very invested, and I thought you know it was. Had amazing depth and and it was really engaging to me. And I don't, I don't, I didn't really care about the Karate Kid. <laughs> I, was just like, I was just sort of like, what is this guy doing with this character? So yeah, well, I'm happy for you, man. And it was thank uh, you so much. Good talking to you.
1: Great talking to you, Mark.
0: All right, thank man. You. Take care of yourself.
1: All right, man. You got it.
0: That's it. As I said. Cobra Kai is now streaming seasons one through three on Netflix. Season four will come out later this uh, this year, and uh, that was uh, that was great. I enjoyed talking to him. I thought he sort of uh, he's got a good mindset about what he's been through in life in terms of expectations. I'm projecting, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, let's let's hit this guitar hard. Monkey, Lafonda, cat
1: angels everywhere.